Business Matters in association with ATU Donegal's Faculty of Business. If you're an owner or manager in a food production business, consider the new one-year Level 8 Higher Diploma in Food Business and Product Innovation. It's just one three-hour lecture weekly. Call 9186600 or email gary.mcgill at atu.ie. I'm Kieran Donald. You're welcome to Business Matters. Later in the programme, we'll be talking to entrepreneur and broadcaster Bobby Kerr and the Minister for Trade, Enterprise and Employment, Simon Coveney, who are both in Donegal in recent days, talking to business owners at different events. Donegal Enterprise Week was launched in the Radisson Hotel in Letterkenny on Monday. Founder and Managing Director of 3D Issue, Paul McNulty, was one of three local business owners who shared their experiences in the session that was chaired by Bobby Kerr. Paul set up 3D Issue, which specialises in software for the digital publishing market in 2006 and employs a team of 20. His company was one of the first to introduce a four-day working week and many have followed 3D Issue's lead since. Paul, you're very welcome to Business Matters. Thanks for having me. Paul, you're one of uh, three business people that took part in a panel discussion this morning to open Donegal Enterprise Week, uh, chaired by Bobby Kerr and also featuring Malky Eastwood and Larissa Feeney. Um, initial thoughts on, on the morning for, so far? Yeah, it was a great great event now to, to launch the week. You know, this is always a great week, um, you know, being in the sector and being a startup. You know, even though I've been in business now about 17, 18 years, I still think of myself as a startup business, you know. Uh, so it's great to, to be here and to be taking part in the community. So just going back to the start of your business, Paul, can you share uh, your story in terms of how it all started for you? Yeah, um, so I suppose I'd, I'd always been looking for something, you know, I've always had that thing where I've wanted to start my own business, um, but I'd, I'd never found the thing, you know. Um, I had been traveling for a number of years and I come back to Letterkenny and um, my background was multimedia. There wasn't a lot of work around, so I took a job uh, selling advertising in magazines. Um, one of the, the issues that we had at the time was the cost to send down marketing packs, copies of the magazine. You, you know, you're in the, uh, the print business as well, so... Um, the cost of that every week was astronomical so we were looking for a more effective way of doing it and then one day uh, somebody had been on a website on the Disney website and, and seen a flipbook where it created that real world experience of reviewing a magazine now to the owners of magazines that's a great tool because it helps market the product you know sending somebody a PDF doesn't really sell the experience of reading a magazine so digital magazines and flipbooks are used to showcase that tool so I came from a multimedia background I had a little bit of programming knowledge so I started I hacked out a first version of it were you looking for something at that stage Paul something innovative and something creative that yeah. may lead to something else yeah well I had an interest in tech so first of all this thing fascinated me but then I started seeing the business clues um, for example, at that time, there was only a couple of companies doing this, and they were charging like about $1,300 per magazine. So that actually priced a lot of small to medium-sized businesses out of the market. And the second marker was everybody that was doing this was doing it as a service, so you had to host with them. You couldn't host on your own website. So to me, I spotted pretty early on that there was a gap in the market for a standalone desktop product that allowed you to do it and host on your own website. And that's how we started organically. You know? So what was your next step after identifying the niche? 
Well, so the next step then was researching the market, right, to, to make sure that there was a demand out there for it. So one of the first things I did was that I actually came into the LEO offices and uh, I started uh, working with the likes of Michael Tony and, you know, Brian O'Malley from Enterprise Ireland was a great help to us as well. And they helped me define a business plan, see that there was an opportunity there and give me assistance financially to, you know, and... It turned out to be great because we hit the ground running and we were able to grow the business organically. How important was that support you got at that time from that agency? Oh, it's critical. Um, and it is, what what they do is they give you the support, they give you the guidance. You know, this road has been travelled many times, so it's important to plug in to all of the advice, not just the good advice and the inspirational, but listening to people about the hurdles that they had and the obstacles because you will face those as well if you're starting out so you know that's where I found the best support was getting access to that network of people that could share experiences with me you know so I started with yourself when did you begin to recruit and add to your team uh, so uh, pretty much straight away you know I was able to do a certain amount of the work myself you know I did a the online marketing, the first version of the software, the, the flip experience, so to speak. But I had no background in desktop software and creating actual products, so I needed to recruit skills in quite quickly for that. You know, and were you working uh, remotely, or when did you decide to sort of set up your your own premises and have your own office? Okay, so I started off. I would say for the first six months. Uh, working remotely, but then after that, I got accepted on to um, a kind of startup initiative scheme that was being run by Enterprise Ireland and the LEO, and I managed to get office space then in the Colabs, and I was in the Colabs then for a good number of years, and they offer great support in there as well for startup businesses, you know, and helping everybody get established, so getting into an environment like that where you're along with people that are going through the same experiences you are is very important, you know. So in terms of scale, Paul, uh, how did it work in, in relation to numbers and in terms of people that you were employing? Right, okay. So what we did is we always hired based on income, you know. So you wanted to make sure that you had enough money coming in to support the salaries uh, that you were taking on. So that was a key thing. So we were very lucky in that respect because, you know, the product slotted into the marketplace straight away. There was a big demand for it. And the sales started flooding in then and I needed to hire people in to help support that and the revenue was coming in already supported the ability to hire so we always hired in line with that you know you take a step you test that it works if it works great then you hire in and support that you know and that's the way that we've always tried to run it one of the most surprising uh aspects of your uh, contribution was the fact that only 1% uh, of your business is in Ireland and that the vast majority by far is in the US. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was more online marketing. It wasn't the way that it was, you know, intended to work. It's just that, you know, we were a digital uh, product and we had a particular market. It just turned out the vast majority of people buying tech in that market for that that kind of content experience we're based in the US so what is the latest project that you're working on at the moment Paul uh, well we're about to come out with two more products because while we were researching uh 
a product we noticed we came across another market interestingly that had no desktop software that allowed you to self-host so we already had the core of that technology so we were actually able to spin out uh, using our existing tech to spin out a product that we believe will be impactful in that market and uh, the next project we're working on I can't talk too much about it but um, we're using a lot of machine learning and AI in the product in order to and AI's artificial intelligence uh, so we're using a lot of that tech now to absorb into our product to make the uh, the processes easier for the customer to use Paul, during the discussion uh, reference was made uh, to the challenges uh, two businesses over the last number of years, COVID, uh, inflation, uh, war in Ukraine. How have those uh, things impacted on your business, or if at all? Um, uh, we, we weren't really impacted by them too much, not by Brexit really, because again, the vast majority of our sales are in the US. Um, so we did... We did see a little challenge with the pandemic, but it was mostly to do with clients that had bought our software, and the software was installed on office machines, and they couldn't go into the office anymore. So, you know, there was a lot of work there helping customers transition their software licenses and things like that. But other than that there, we didn't really... It didn't really impact us that much. One of the things I see going forward, though, is... Definitely the impact that machine learning and artificial intelligence is going to have in our sector, especially in the creatives uh, industry, you know, the some of the tech, and I'm sure everybody's probably heard of chat GBT already, but the impact that that type of technology is going to have in our sector is going to be um, unbelievably beneficial, but also scary, you know, that, yeah, you know, I, I was looking at something the other day where... This guy had asked an AI design bot to create a picture of cavemen who find an iPhone in a cave and take a selfie, and it generated an image instantly, and the effects were astounding. Or there was another one where it created three models for an event, and you know they were picture perfect, looked live, looked like they were at the event, and this was all generated. So you can imagine the impact that's going to have on industries that service that industry already by taking like contractors taking pictures and licensing that to these large organisations who can now do that process with AI. Same goes for content writers, video creators, um, translation services. You know it's going to be very impactful in our market. Paul, three D issue have been rightly regarded uh, as the trailblazers uh, in relation to changing the working week. You introduced a four-day week a number of years ago. Why did you take that decision? Well, uh, for us, it was uh, as much to do with customer, or sorry, not customer, employee retention than, than anything else. You know, we were looking for ways to obviously make our place a better place to work in that in a way that would encourage people to stay within our organisation. Was retention a problem at the time? No, it wasn't a, a problem, but what we started to see happening was, for example, there, there was a guy that worked for us and he got a job uh, working for a Dublin company because he wanted his wife, they worked from Ireland, but his wife wanted to move to Dublin. Um, so they 
he took a job with the Dublin company and we wished him well but it turned out then that he he couldn't get a place in Dublin he couldn't afford it every time that he would turn up to a job or sorry he'd turn up to uh, a listing there'd be 50 people ahead of him in the queue so for two and a half years he lived and worked in Letterkenny and he was being paid a Dublin salary so we started to see that that was happening that people could now work for Dublin companies and be based in Donegal so that was kind of scary as an employer um, because at times we couldn't compete with that salary so one of the things I wanted to do was introduce uh, something that would make people stay within our organisation and we looked at the four day work week and it, it's been brilliant both for retention but also for employee happiness you know and satisfaction in the job you know so we have two systems we, we have one team doing Monday to Thursday and the other team doing Tuesday to Friday so everybody has a three day weekend you know so it was a change in culture is really what you were looking to do yeah yeah um, and you see the, the team coming in now on after the weekend you you see that benefit that extra spring in their step that they got from having that extra day off you know so and, and just in terms of productivity i suppose the, the concern among some employers would be will productivity drop if people go from five days to four but that wasn't the the case in no the no health. no so we monitored it. we we knew what our production output was like now we didn't surpass our production output but we didn't drop either when we transitioned to a four-day work week and what i have to put that down to is you know people were more energized from a longer break and they wanted to get stuck into the work and do their work now we don't we didn't force people to go to 10 hours a day for the four days it's still it's a 32 hour week with us you know um and they they've been as productive as they were on a five-day week mm-hmm. what's your main takeaway uh, from today's event overall paul well it, it's great to see the the crowd that was here today i really noticed that the amount of people that were in starting new businesses it's great to see you know because you know one of the points that they hit on is what was it 60 70 percent of people in this country are employed by small businesses and 90 percent of them are under 10 people that's great to see you know so we need to be seeing more of that and encouraging more of that and Donegal infrastructure wise and people wise skills wise can compete with any county in this country you know how important is it for events like this to be happening locally oh it is definitely because this is where you get the confidence uh, to to actually take that leap and get started and it was the same with me when I started I went into these programs that were being run by the LEO and Enterprise Ireland and you got to sit with peers that were going through the same experiences as you were and you were able to leverage advice from them and them from you you know that and they gave you that experience that confidence to kind of continue and go ahead and you know there was a great honesty I felt from the panel this morning and people weren't afraid to share maybe mistakes they had made in the past as well Paul yeah 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 and you know I think that that's a critical part of growth is to embrace failure you know so everybody talks about the one great product that we have but you know there's very little said about the three or four other products that we created that mightn't have taken off to the same success as that and for each of those products that we had we learned from that and we evolved from that so the mistakes that we made in the second product we didn't make in the third product and you know um, I think it's very important to to extract value from failures that you have because everybody has failures and obstacles that they they just can't avoid you know 
What are your hopes and expectations for 3D as you going forward, Paul? Okay, so yeah, we have two to three new products coming out to market that we believe are unique in our sphere. Um, so our our hopes are to obviously grow our customer base with our new products, but also bring our existing customers along with us and migrate them into the new technologies going forward. And finally, Paul, looking forward to uh, Donegal Enterprise Week? Yeah, I am indeed. Yeah, there's a lot of great events going on, so I'm really excited about it. Paul McNulty, founder and managing director of 3D Issue in Letterkenny. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. On no worries. Business Thanks Matters. for having me. Cheers. I'm delighted to be joined on Business Matters by Bobby Kerr, entrepreneur and broadcaster. Bobby, you're very welcome to Business Matters. Lovely to meet you, Kieran, and lovely to be on Business Matters, indeed. Bobby, you're usually the other side of the microphone asking the questions, so uh, this will be a wee bit different for you, I'm sure. No problem. I, um, do you know what? When, when, when it comes to business, I talk all day, so you won't have any trouble getting any answers out of me. Bobby, we're in the Radisson Hotel, Bobby, in Letterkenny, and uh, you've just had the honour of delivering the opening address for Donegal Enterprise Week. Uh, you were here back in 2016, I think, uh, carrying out similar duties. The world of business has changed quite a lot, Bobby, in those six or seven years. It actually has, and I, I, I couldn't remember actually what year I was last here. A couple of people, somebody said it was 2015, someone else said it was 2016. So we'll, we'll say it was 2016, but again, it was for Enterprise Week, and I just love talking to businesses. Business has changed. You probably heard today, you know, when we had uh, three guests, local businesses up on the stage, all doing their business now using kind of digital marketing as a as a huge driver of the business. Like that's a big change. Traditional marketing doesn't doesn't really have the same place anymore. Social media seems to be such a big player now. It's just business has changed, and you know what? You have to change with it. Bobby, you mentioned uh, on stage yourself that you're 40 years in business this year. I'm sure you've had your fair share of ups and downs in that time. I've had many ups and I've also had many downs. And you know what? You have to have the downs to actually make the good, to really, really enjoy the good days. It's because you have setbacks. I often say to people that the big business or the big difference between failure and and success is the ability to keep going. So you just you dust yourself down, you get back on the horse. Often it's not easy, but everybody who's been in business has had their challenges. Don't let anyone tell you it's all plain sailing, because it isn't. Bobby, there was a great honesty, I felt, uh, during the, the panel discussion this morning from all three businesses and yourself. Uh, what about your main takeaways from someone who's still in business from the discussion this morning? The first thing was that, that you have to keep going and that everybody had had challenges and everybody overcame them. The second thing I heard, and I was kind of encouraged here, was that so many more businesses are now thinking about their employees and their welfare. You know, we heard Paul there, who I believe has been the pioneer of the four-day working week, Larissa, uh, Malachi, they're both doing something similar. So... You know, the world has changed in terms of now, you know, we think about our employees, and rightly so, we think about them as being an asset to the business, a proper asset that needs to be minded, needs to be nurtured, and needs to be developed. 
Bobby, you covered a lot uh, in your own speech, and one of the things that caught my ear was uh, in relation to physical health and mental health. I think you said uh, if you're physically and mentally well, it shows. And you went on to talk about having something outside of your business to keep the mind right. Yeah, and, and again, I'm somebody who was always fairly active, even though I would have put in long hours in the early days. I always tried to find time. I, it started with rugby. I'm a big sailor. Uh, more laterally, I run, I, I swim, I cycle, but I do something. I try and do something every day that gets me away from work for an hour and just allows my mind to sort of decompress. I find it hugely relaxing. And I find that if I'm fit mentally, or I'm fit physically, I'm also fit mentally. I'm more observant, I have more energy, I can go longer. Just, and I, again, I, I, I tried a few different things, I sort of found something that works for me now. Is that an area you feel that business owners could pay maybe more attention to, Bobby? Well, I think we're all guilty of, you know, letting the, letting the business rule our, our lives. And, you know... There's probably a time in every business that you have to, it has to be like that, that you have to give it everything and there isn't time for other things. But as the business develops, you definitely should try to make time to stay fit and to enjoy exercise outside of your business because I think it'll, it'll make you a better business person. Bobby, you had some interesting things to say in relation to reinvigorating uh, town centres and city centres. Yeah, well, I believe that particularly since the pandemic that urban centres have changed massively. Like, you know, if you look at Dublin city centre, footfall is still back 20-30%. And I think towns need to repurpose themselves. I was suggesting things like, you know, getting people back to live in towns that would solve a housing crisis, uh, re re-looking at what tourists want in a town like the fact now that so many people aren't coming into town to work means that there are ancillary businesses that are not performing as a result of that and I think we have to re-evaluate what the, what the city centre proposition actually is and I think retail, while it was, it was everything, it's now an important component but it's, a, it's retail along with nightlife along with students, along with tourists. It's around making having something in an urban centre for everybody. And, and Bobby, you did refer to the changes in the retail sector at the moment. Yeah, and again, like online shopping was something that was happening. It was accelerated massively during COVID. And I think a lot of businesses actually were forced online, retail businesses, during COVID. Many of them have kind of found their way now with having an online presence, but also having a bricks and mortar store where you can maybe use one to complement the other. That's, they call it, you know, it, they call it sort of omni. And that's what it is, you know, where you're working both online and in person and also then I think you'll see an awful lot of things like personal shopping like retail is now going to have to differentiate itself from online so how do you do that? It has to be an experiential kind of thing so it has to be, the experience has to be better than pressing a button on your computer and ordering something so there has to be a reason to go into a shop and that will challenge retailers but I, I think retailers will, will rise to the occasion as they always did Retail has been changing for the last hundred years, and it's going to keep changing. And retailers will just change with it. 
Bobby, you, you mentioned uh, your top ten tips for business owners. Uh, was forget the begrudgers, which was number one on the list, the most important? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm somebody who lives life. I take every day as a bonus. Uh, and I really do believe that if you're fortunate enough to be to be healthy, to have friends, to have family, that really you don't need much else. Uh, so I've worked hard all my years. I now don't work as hard as I used to, and I enjoy every day as if it's my last. You mentioned that you were in the gym here this morning at 6 o'clock, Bobby, and there was no one else here for the fall hour, and that was a huge surprise for you. <laughs> it was, because I, 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 I thought at least somebody might come in, and I was there I was there from, I think, about 6.30 to 7.30, and not one other person came in, so there you go. Bobby, I have to ask you about your experience uh, on Dragon's Den. You were uh, one of the original... Uh, dragons uh, involved from twenty sorry from two thousand and eight to two thousand and twelve. You made nine investments, and you told uh, the gallon this morning that you experienced very much the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, they certainly did. Do you know what? Most of those nine investments didn't work out. I got my money back in a few of them, but you know what? I met great people. I didn't fall out with anybody, and they just were probably. You know, they were businesses, they were ideas, and some of them were more ideas than businesses. And I think that was what I learned. One of the things, the big learnings on Dragon's Den was that a lot of the things that I invested in weren't actually businesses. They were ideas. So you learn the hard way, unfortunately. And that period coincided uh, with the growth uh, of Insomnia. Yeah. Yeah, we we had some good years, we had some tough years, but we managed to... We, we always opened. We were at one stage. We were opening a, a new cafe every month. You know, we were like we were, and we had a, a guy, a group of, of fit-out contractors that just went from one job to the next. So we built up the business. Now we had, as I say, we had challenges along the way, but ultimately, our the, the deal that we did with Spar. You know, like there's insomnia now in 600 odd Spars, Mesas, and Excels across the country. It's it's really what I found. One of the things was that we had three different income streams in insomnia. And again, in business, I was telling people here today, if you can have more than one income stream, when one shuts down, at least you have the other one to rely on. And that was our case as well. Bobby, you mentioned your experience with the Manchester United shop. Um, would you like to share that with our listeners? Well, basically, it, it opened and it went bust in six months back in, I think it was like 99 or 2000. And I, you know, what I learned from it was it failed. It was in the wrong location. Um, but we failed fast and we paid everybody. Um, and you know what? I learned a lot from it, even though I lost a few quid. As, well, I lost more than a few quid. But it taught me that... If, if, if you've got something wrong, end it quickly and try and end it as cleanly as you can. And that's what we did. So I learned from it. It was painful, but I learned from it. Bobby, you're well known for your uh, being a presenter of the Down to Business uh, program on News Talk. You mentioned the figures at the start. I think it was 2010, you had 25,000 listeners. And in 2022, you now have 120,000 listeners. Huge growth. Yeah, and we worked hard at it, week in, week out. Uh, I, I feel we've developed 
a kind of a business model program that is for business people as well as non-business people. We try not to be too complicated. We try and tell real-life business stories. We have a little bit of corporate stuff with the executive chair, but again, we're out in businesses. We get out into the field. We, we look at business stories. We do a bit of economics. And we try and keep it kind of light touch, and even though it's sometimes it's very serious matter, but we do it in a way that's kind of human and that is very much in touch with everybody. That's what we try and do. How did you get into that field, Bobby? I just, they asked me to do it. It, came, it was one of the things that came out of Dragon's Den. Um, basically, uh, I, and I'm, I do it because I'm interested in business and it keeps me connected with business. Every week I meet the most fascinating people, I get to the most fascinating business and that, even though I'm out of business now, I sold out of my investment in Insomnia a couple of years ago. But it now means that I, every week I'm stimulated in terms of my interest in business. But given your many years in business yourself, you must look at things in a somewhat different perspective than maybe a lot of the listeners at times. I do. Like I, I, I you know, I've been. I'm an old dog. I've been in business forty years, and I've made all the mistakes. So, you know, I think that's how you learn, and that's how everybody. You know, it isn't too complicated. You work hard. You screw up a few times. You fix it. You go on, and you keep going. And eventually, hopefully, you get out writing. As I said to a fella, you try and get off the train, but more importantly, you get off at the right station. And finally, Bobby, have you any words of wisdom for the business community that are listening to our podcast today? I'd say always be the hardest working person in the room. Uh, you know, you can still fail if you work hard, but your chances of success if you graft are far higher. That's my advice to people. Bobby Kerr, entrepreneur and broadcaster, thanks for taking the time to talk to us on Business Matters. Thank you, Kieran. Cheers. Join us after the break when we'll be chatting to the Minister for Enterprise, Trade and Employment, Simon Coveney. Are you an owner or manager within a food production business? ATU's Faculty of Business will support you with its one-year Level 8 Higher Diploma in Food Business and Product Innovation. Future-proof your operations by completing one three-hour online lecture weekly, all while working your normal schedule. Contact the Work-Based Learning Programme Development Manager on 918-6600 or email gary.mcgill at atu.ie. You're welcome back. Last Friday, the Minister for Enterprise, Trade and Employment, Simon Coveney, delivered the keynote speech at the Building Better Business event at Donegal ATU's campus in Letterkenny. It was the first of nine regional conferences being rolled out by his department, aimed at highlighting the opportunities presented by digital transformation and decarbonisation. I spoke to Minister Coveney at the end of the three-hour event. Simon, you're very welcome to Business Matters. Well, thanks very much. I'm delighted to be here in uh, in Letterkenny, uh, up in the northwest. It's a it's a county I know pretty well. So, um, yeah, we're here basically talking to businesses. We've had a big event in the in the Atlantic uh, Technological University. Uh, about 200 businesses here, uh, and really, what this is about is listening to businesses to making sure that to make sure that the hundreds of millions of euros that we're putting in into supporting businesses at the moment through the changes that they have to manage, through the increased expenditure that they have to survive uh, in terms of energy costs and and, and other material and input costs, uh, that we're actually helping in the most practical and sensible ways we can. And then we're also talking about these 
what's now uh, referred to as the the, tw- the twin transitions of digital and uh, and decarbonisation. In other words, you know, how can we help businesses to to move on to digital platforms, to use uh, better IT systems, uh, to make them more efficient, uh, to make them more successful, to open up new markets to them, uh, to allow them work from home, um, and then how do we, from a, a decarbonisation point of view, help businesses to to become much more energy efficient, use a lot more energy, but get better output. Um, and the state and its agencies are there to support businesses in doing that. And it's not just the, the, the big tech businesses, every business, whether you're a hairdresser, whether you sell cakes, whether you sell clothes, um, whether you're an accountant, whether you're a software engineer or a cybersecurity expert, you know, um, the, the digital application and the decarbonization challenge impacts on literally every single business that's being run across the Northwest. And we're going to do nine regional conferences speaking to businesses. We decided we would start in Donegal, which I hope is making a statement. Was there a reason for that? Yes, actually, because, you know, I, I often... I often hear concerns that you know that the Northwest isn't being prioritised. That you know, a lot of the um, the economic growth is happening out of Dublin. So so yeah, we've got nine big conferences. We start in Donegal, and actually the last one is in Dublin. So so hopefully that sends a signal that actually this is about trying to make sure that businesses, no matter what part of the country that they're starting in or trying to grow in, that the that the state and government is there to support them. There's a real feel good factor uh, in the venue today at Dandanon here at Donegal ATU quite a unique event and bringing so many agencies and supporting bodies together Minister? Yeah look I mean everybody's here you know from from the local authority to local enterprise offices to Enterprise Ireland to the IDA to the SEAI uh, to uh, um, uh, training bodies, skills nets uh, uh, you know so there's a there's a lot of state agencies regional agencies that are that are set up effectively to help businesses to modernize, to expand, to grow. I think sometimes there's a sense among some businesses that, that they sort of fall between stools. You know, they're not Enterprise Ireland customers. They, might, um, they mightn't have engaged with local enterprise offices because maybe they're a bit, little bit too big for that. Um, and we're really trying to close that gap now. So until the end of last year, local enterprise offices could only work with businesses that, had, that employed less than 10 people. They can now work with, with businesses that employ up to 50 people, which is a huge change. Um, so, really, my message is that that the state and its agencies and its finances and resources and training capacity and uh, and so on is there to, to support every business and uh, and they should reach out you know if you look at um, you know, enterprise.gov.ie, which is the, the Department of Enterprise's website, we have a specific portal there now to help people to to adopt d- digital technologies, to show them how to do it, to, to show them the supports that are there, both financial and mentoring. And likewise, we're going to be putting something similar in place for, for the decarbonization agenda in terms of helping people to reduce the energy use of their businesses uh, in a way that actually you know, makes financial sense for a business. Like, there's no point in asking, you know, a local business that's just about paying the bills on a Friday, just about paying salaries on a Friday, you know, go and spend 10, 20, 30,000 euros uh, on energy efficiency in your business and you might get your money back over 10 years. Like, 
that's not going to persuade a lot of businesses that are on the edge financially to do that. Uh, and so instead, we've got to be more clever about it. Uh, and, and of course, the state has to provide some of the financial uh, resources to make that happen, which is why we have innovation vouchers, which is why through SEAI, there are grants in terms of you know uh, better energy management within your businesses and so on. So there's a lot of support there. You know, I mean, we've, we've just recently signed off on a new um, uh, temporary energy support uh, scheme. You know, I've I've got in the budget this year over six hundred million euros for that scheme, um, and we've changed the thresholds. We've made it easier for businesses to uh, to to both apply and qualify for that scheme. Um, you know, they can get up to fifteen thousand euros a month in terms of supports for their energy bills if they qualify for that. Uh, although a lot of small businesses will be a lot less than that, but still two or three thousand euros a month backdated to last September is still you know a significant help in terms of the cost of of running your business from an energy point of view so you know that's that's really the message here you know on a sort of a policy level we want businesses to think about digital and think about decarbonization but on a practical level we want to show businesses that there are a lot of agencies that are there to support them and have you know a considerable amount of taxpayers money being spent on supporting businesses, helping them to survive through difficult, disruptive periods like we're going through at the moment, but also help, helping them to grow and expand and employ more people. Minister, in your address uh, earlier, you said that the digital economy is running at uh, two different speeds. Yeah. Could you elaborate a wee bit on that? Yeah, so I mean, you know, if you look at the companies that are benefiting from digital platforms at the moment in Ireland, you know, you'll see multinationals here, of course. Look, you know, we have 120,000 people in Ireland are employed by tech multinationals. Um, um, but if you look at the, the difference between the, the companies that are applying technology in terms of how they pay their bills, how they invoice people, how they market new customers, um, uh, how they take their orders, um, uh, how they put payment systems in place like Stripe or you know whatever company they decide to use, all of that is about applying technology platforms to how you run your business, which means that you have to put less hours in yourself and you have much more efficient systems to be able to uh, build a successful business. And what we have in Ireland is we have a sort of a two-tier approach to this. We have the companies that are completely bought into this technology and predominantly they're the most successful businesses that we have. And then, But we have a whole swathe of businesses that simply do they run their businesses in a very similar way to the way they would have run their businesses two years ago, five years ago, ten years ago. Um, and what we're saying is you know, have a look and explore these new technologies. They're not as frightening as you might think they are. They're not as expensive as you might think they are um, when you actually take take the right advice. Uh, and I think that's important. The other thing that, that I'd just like to say, because I know we're a little tight on time, is that like, there's a sort of a bigger picture for Donegal as well that I don't think we should forget uh, uh, today. You know, and that is, you know, what are the, gonna, what are the big drivers for employment creation and economic activity in Donegal over the next five to ten years uh, and what's new that's changing and I think there are two really big things that make Donegal different and give it a competitive advantage versus other parts of the country um, sometimes people talk about Donegal about having it you know being disadvantaged because it's a you know it's a 
Uh, it's a long way away from Dublin uh, and the road infrastructure isn't what it should be and so on. But there are some big advantages too. One of them is the, is the potential uh, uh, for offshore wind off Donegal. Uh, and of course the engineering know-how and capacity that you already have in, in ports like uh, like Killybegs and Greencastle and so on that may help Donegal to really take that opportunity uh, and, and grasp it uh, and you know in five and ten years time we may well see you know significant amount of renewable energy being built off the Donegal coastline you know huge infrastructure both fixed and floating platforms for wind uh, feeding in um, green technology sorry green energy uh, into potentially you know a hydrogen industry out of Donegal I think it's a really exciting proposition and we were just talking about it today the other one is is actually cross-border opportunities um, because of the proximity to Derry and to Northern Ireland generally and I think we may well see if we can settle these protocol issues on the back of um, the the Windsor framework that's been agreed this week, um, then I I think that Northern Ireland could uh, could see a significant uh, economic boost on the back of that. Being able to trade into the rest of the UK, being able to trade you know onto the rest of the, of the island of Ireland and onto the EU single market is a huge advantage for the economy in Northern Ireland, and I think there are huge spillover opportunities for counties like Donegal on the back of that. So there are some of the bigger picture things that we were talking about, but on the on a you know on a day to day basis. I would encourage all businesses across Donegal and across Sligo and Leitrim and other counties um, that we were talking to in this conference, uh, take a look at what's there for you in terms of support and help and mentoring and advice because, you know, you might find that you can build a more profitable business and also not not perhaps have to spend as much time doing it. So you get a a bit more time with your family or going going to a football match or whatever. Um, And ultimately, that's what we're trying to build here. You know, better incomes, better jobs, strong economic growth, and most importantly, all of this feeding into a better quality of life. Minister for Enterprise, Trade and Employment, Simon Coveney, thanks for taking the time to talk to us on Business Matters. Anytime. Appreciate it. Thank you. Well, that's it for this edition of Business Matters. Thanks to my guests, Paul McNulty, Bobby Kerr and Simon Coveney. Thanks to Kenneth Wilson on sound. And thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with the programme, drop an email to businessmatters at highlandradio.com. Business Matters, in association with ATU Donegal's Faculty of Business. If you're an owner or manager in the food production business, consider the new one-year Level 8 Higher Diploma in Food Business and Product Innovation. It's just one three-hour lecture weekly. Call 918 or email gary.mcgill at atu.ie.